there was a time when the United States considered itself a free nation, and so did Canada, Australia, and many other places throughout the world. How much longer will our freedom last? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I don't know about you, but some days I get up and it's hard to feel any kind of encouragement as I watch this systematic dismantling of freedom, this systematic dismantling of society, and pitting us one against the other. And it's all for an end game. And that end game is the loss of our freedom. Look at what's happening in Australia. We'll look at other places as well, but let's start with Australia. We've had on this program one of the members of parliament in Australia on this program. And I know that he is looking at his own nation and has to be shaking his head on the things that are happening in Australia today. It's almost to the point of this mass insanity. And I'm reading this thing that's written. What will change the passivity of those in Australia putting up with the police? If you dare walk out of your house, you will be knocked over by the police. If you post something on social media, the police are coming to your door in Australia. It was once considered many years ago a very free and very independent-minded nation. How did this happen? It's because the majority that have walked away from so many vital traditions are exchanging safety and taking on and accepting this authoritarian type of rule on their lives. And if something doesn't change, we are like less than 10 years away. See, unlike people that run around for the last 50 years and say we have 10 years left to fix climate change. I've been hearing that for 50 years. You can see the systematic disintegration of many of our institutions all over the world. And we're on our way to a very similar model to like China on a worldwide basis within 10 years. If something doesn't stop it now, by the time we get to 2030, the entire world will be living like the Chinese do today. Controlled freedom. If you behave the right way, you're allowed to have a phone. You're allowed to do certain things. And you need to keep up your social credit score. People that are religious have a low credit score in, in China. We've been on this pathway for a long time. It's been gradual. Most people didn't even notice it. Too many young people have their face in a phone to pay attention. They don't even see what's going on in their own world. And what you're going to have in the next 10 years is a tiny but un. It's just unbelievably powerful, powerful global trillionaire class. You know, the Jeff Bezos of this world. 
the Zuckerbergs of Facebook. These will be our leaders. They will live in unbelievable luxury. And we will be the peons. Now, this has been the state of a sinful world since the dawn of civilization. The difference is where a remote king back, oh, I don't know, a thousand years ago had little to say in the impact of of a life of a peasant somewhere in the world. Today's global elite, because of technology, because of technology and controlling your ability to function, live, have a roof over your head and feed yourself, take care of yourself. See, all these things are going to come under their control. And sadly, very sadly, many people under the age of 25 or 30 think it's a good idea. They, they like the idea of getting a, a new iPhone every year or two. They like the idea of not having to pay for college. They like the idea of the free stuff and the security of a regular um, basic paycheck. I mean, it'll cure the homeless crisis. It'll cure global warming and everything else. If we, if we just capitulate to what these new masters demand of you and I. We are about to become an enslaved world. The Bible has predicted this coming for quite a long time. And sometimes we forget the things that we have lost. When you have something like a scamdemic, plandemic, whatever you want to call it, and and I'm not saying that the virus is not real, it is. I firmly believe, and I've said this on the radio program, the people that created this very virus, I believe, have a lot to do in creating these, um, shall we say, treatments. And how many billions of dollars will be made on these treatments? Are you following where I'm taking you on this? Look at Australia. I never would have believed five years ago, even two years ago, that the Australian people would sit quietly in their homes and let the police run around in riot gear, knocking on their doors, reminding them of what they cannot say on social media. How dare you challenge the government? How dare you consider a protest over vaccine mandates? Look at Canada. Canada doesn't have near the number of provinces as we do states in the United States, so it's a little different there. And many of the provinces are not that heavily populated. But you go to some parts of Canada, and once again, it's the lockdowns, it's the threat of this, you must get the vaccine. These mandates after mandate after mandate after mandate. And you are being told to comply. And once again, many Canadians, very polite people I might add that I've known over the years, are trading the idea of safety from the virus and giving up their personal freedom. When I saw that video earlier this year, I think it was around March or April of that pastor, 
And it's around Easter time. It's getting toward the holiest season of the year for Christians. And the police wanted to break up their worship service because, see, they're so afraid of the virus in Canada. Forget Jesus. Forget his resurrection. That's not important. The virus is all that that matters nowadays in Canada. And then weeks later, they get their revenge. The police that he told them to leave that church and they walked away. But they got the revenge weeks later when they stopped him on a rainy day on a highway, had him on his knees on the road, and they hauled him off to jail. And nobody in his church ever got sick or passed on the virus. This was happening in many places in Canada where they sealed up and put fences around houses of worship because, see, those are the places that are going to kill you with the virus. Now, it's not going to be a Walmart or liquor store or a marijuana store. It's, it's going to be a church. We saw this in the United States as well. The restrictions put on houses of worship compared to anything else that they deemed essential were absolutely insane. There were no basis in logic. Can't have any more than 10 people at a service. And you may have a church that can seat 3,000, but you're allowed 10. Your congregation, you may have a church of 30 people, and you could still only have 10. These are the kind of ridiculous, arbitrary, non-scientific, draconian regulations that were passed down by little dictators pretending they're governors and mayors. They're reprobates. And you look at people, for example, like good old Gretchen Whitmire. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. (laughs) In her state of Michigan, some of the really weird things that they did statewide in terms of fighting the virus. Now, when we got to, we're talking back in 2020. Remember, everything started to kick in with the 15 days to flatten the curve that started in, hard to believe, March of 2020. And when we got to April of 2020, Gretchen Whitmire, in her wisdom, allowed people to shop in the Walmarts, and you could even shop and buy certain needed supplies, you know, at, at the Home Depots and the Lowe's and and some of the other chain stores that you find uh, for building supplies and household things. But she forbid people from buying anything for gardening, Think about that. No, you you could go there and you could buy uh, toilet paper and disinfectant, but you couldn't buy any kind of seeds to plant like tomatoes or or food. That was forbidden because, see, I guess the virus spreads through food or seeds or something. It, It was just like, what kind of stupid thing can I say today and what kind of stupid rule can I pass and laugh at people when they're obeying me, doing stupid stuff. All of these, mostly Democrat, there were some Republican governors. DeWine in Ohio seemed to be over the top, as well as lockdown Larry Hogan in Maryland and, and others, all running around 
Well, they're the rhino part of the party anyway. They're Republican in name only. They're pretend conservatives to basically uh, fool you into voting for them. But Gretchen Whitmire, no, you can't buy garden supplies. You can't buy, no, you can't buy anything to do anything outdoors. Best place to be, by the way, when you're trying to avoid getting this virus, get that vitamin D level up. But no, these people came up with thoroughly illogical, non-scientific ideas of lockdown and draconian stupid rules, which they consistently broke themselves. Every one of them. Every one of them broke their own rules whenever they felt like it. New York. I can remember, I can remember last year. When everybody held out Andy Cuomo, or should I say, you know, uh, St. Anthony Cuomo, the pious, you know, the New York love guy. Do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you love me? Do you care? Oh, and don't forget that uh, Andy Cuomo won an Emmy for his performance in dealing with a virus do you remember that from last year? Congratulations. Much love. Brooklyn loves you. Andrew Cuomo! Mwah. What an honor and pleasant surprise during these hard times. I thank the International Academy and Bruce Paisner for this incredible award. Thank you to all the members of the Academy. Your work has brought smiles and hope and relief for so many people during these difficult days. Well, of course, they took that away because of the... Uh, shall we say, his love gov sexual harassment uh, charges. And and the funny thing is, as bad of a governor as as Cuomo is in New, or was in New York, I think they're looking at their current governor right now and, and almost kind of wishing that they had uh, Andy back. Kathy Hochul is doing her best to outdo Gretchen Whitmire in being the world's worst governor of any state in the 50 of the United States. She's working really hard at it. I mean, she's trying to outdo everybody, including Newsom in California and anybody else with really draconian, ridiculous rules. She is so fixated that everybody must be vaccinated, just like the mayor of New York City. They they only see the vaccine as their savior for whatever reason. They don't understand the dangers for some people They don't really care that it's really not approved. See, I've been wrestling with that one for a while now, and and I'm having a hard time, once again, when you try to find information. You remember, it wasn't that long ago, the FDA had this big announcement. We've approved the Pfizer drug or the Pfizer vaccine. But what they did was they approved a vaccine that's not even on the market yet. But you still have the um, emergency use authorization for the stuff they've been injecting into arms since the end of December of last year. So once again, the real story gets a little bit clouded. And they want to run around and say, these are safe, effective, and approved. And I'm not so certain There's something very unseemly about all of this. Everything that happened starting last year. I'm going to go back, and like I say, the other day, I'm just sitting around thinking of all that we've seen happen, and I wouldn't have believed it if you had sat me down in, let's say, the summer of 
of 2019. My wife and I had come up to our little place in Georgia, and we were just going to enjoy some time and finish it, you know, finish it up. Long story, the little place we have in Georgia was something that we were we bought back in 2017. It was uninhabitable when we bought it. And I was the interim pastor of a small church. And we found this and I decided, you know, this would be a wonderful investment for our retirement. I mean, it was so inexpensive. And you can't get any kind of return on much of anything. So we we purchased it. And over the next uh, couple of years, we gradually rehabilitated it. By the time we got into 2018, it was halfway done, but you could live in it. And we kind of finished up a lot of it in uh, 2019. And so we decided to spend a little bit longer. We came up in the summer. We decided to stay right up until at least Christmas time. We decided to stay until right after the first of the year and enjoy the fireplace and a little, you know, downtime. It had been a very busy uh, time for me in the four or five years prior. And we decided, you know, at our age, we're retired now, and we were going to work on this place and then come back to Florida. Remember, that's 2019. And so Christmas came and went, and about the 6th or 7th of January, we started our our journey back down to our home in Florida. And during the first several months down there, I was helping with a small church in that region where we live. And we first started hearing about some kind of strange virus or something happening in China. Do you remember when you first heard about it? And nobody was really concerned. This is like January. And we're already hearing from the World Health Organization, it's not, it's not contagious to human beings. Do you remember that? But then in February, things began to change a little bit. We started getting some weird videos out of China showing people walking down a street and all of a sudden they would gasp for air, fall to the ground, and, and then a couple of guys in hazmat suits would take away the dying or dead person. And we're being told this is some strange super virus that kills. And then some people on a cruise line came down with it. And then it got into nursing homes out west. And before you know it, there were a handful of cases in the United States. Now, this is in the beginning of February. And that's when I got a phone call from a friend of mine that I'd worked with about maybe six years, seven years before when I did some emergency management work, asking if I would come out of retirement and come up to the county he was working in, a large county, and help in the event they needed, you know, to have a major response to this new disease they were calling COVID-19. Remember, we hadn't even shut down restaurants yet. We hadn't done any of this stuff. No, no nothing. And I'm thinking, you know, okay, this this is not going to last too long, is it? Oh, we don't know. And then I, I, I agree, and I made the drive up to another state, not even anyone that I live in, 
And I check into this hotel, and on the way up is where the restaurants were now closing dining rooms, drive through only, and, you know, don't touch this, don't touch that. Uh, check-in at the hotel was kind of strange. It was like massive hotel, only a few of us staying in the whole place by ourselves. And for the next few months, that's what I did. Learned a lot about this virus. But I also learned something, which is the genesis of this radio program today. And that's why I opened up, you know, are we, are we going to walk away from our freedom? Are we going to let it all disappear? Because I started seeing something happen during the time that I was working in this other state. The conflicting messaging became very disturbing to me. I can remember being in the emergency operations center and I had a table where a couple of us gathered around and social distance, by the way. And one of the people that was at the table, this massive table that I was at, was the county health director. She was a doctor. She could probably practice medicine anywhere in the country she wanted to. She was that good. But she and her husband had done that and decided to come to a, let's say, not as crowded area. They, they had been up in a major city and decided it was time to get away. Uh, she was probably like in her early 50s, and they were, they were kind of doing the semi-retired thing. They had saved up their money, and they now were living in this most beautiful area. And when the other county health director had retired, she had been asked to just fill in. So she was just the temporary health director. But she knew her stuff. And I can remember in March, this email comes in. We would get all these briefings every day from the state. And we had some stuff coming in from the federal government that a lot of people didn't see. And she's looking at something, and she goes, this is ridiculous. And then I'm going, I'm listening to her. She's talking, and what is it? She goes, the, the new way that they want us to to count and, and fill out death certificates. She goes, you could almost make anything COVID-19 with these new rules. And so I, I looked at the email, and I, you know, she explained it to me how a test was no longer going to be required for someone that passed away if they had certain symptoms, and they included a lot of things. It could be the flu. It could be pneumonia. It could be heart failure. It could be all kind of stuff, but they're going to call it a COVID death. And she did not feel very comfortable with that at all. You know, something else that I noticed, too, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't. If you've listened to this program, you've heard me say this before. It was just absolutely amazing when I arrived in this other state toward the end of February, getting ready to do my thing, that all of a sudden we had these wonderful dashboards for, for tracking every city and county in the world. Not just the United States, but there was something to cover every place in the world. And they would feed in the number of new cases, the number of recoveries of any, and the number of people that died. And the daily death ticker for the world and the nation was on the CNN little bug in the right corner of the screen. The whole 
for the next how many months until the uh, until until Biden was inaugurated. Then they took it down. But until he was inaugurated, they gave you the death toll every day. It was all politics, of course. And I'm thinking, how did they have this? And that's when I discovered there was a, a you know event two hundred one back in October of two thousand nineteen, where. Uh, the Bill Gates Foundation and others got together uh, with John Hopkins University to have a tabletop exercise on how you would respond to a coronavirus infection that jumped from animal to human being and became a deadly virus. Isn't that amazing? So all the work that was needed to create such a dashboard had already been done. Everything about Event 201 was duplicated and immediately put out for use with this pandemic. That that, that made me a little suspicious, to be quite honest, and I think it would for anybody. It seems just rather strange that they just had that discussion in New York in October. And here we are talking about it in January, February, and then 15 days to flatten the curve beginning in the middle of March. And here we are today, a year and almost 10 months. We are now like 20-some-odd months down this pathway. And how have we done? Did the virus disappear by the summer of 2020? Of course it didn't. It went down. But then it came back up, and then it went back down. Then it came back up. And I watch I watch governments all over the world that used this pandemic for despicable behavior and things. In the United States, I am absolutely convinced, and I'm going to say this, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The election in some of the states, they used the virus, and I don't know, $148 million, something like that, or no, more than that, $350 million of money from Facebook. You know, 48 million of those dollars flowed into Georgia, but not the entire state. Just Democrat strongholds to have all of these boxes to pick up mailed, you know, mailed out ballots to who knows who. Arizona, yeah, the audit's done. Biden picked up a handful of votes, but they found there are 47 to 57,000 ballots that have no chain of custody that are extremely questionable. Where did they come from? Are they even legitimate? And see, that's the part that's never going to be adjudicated. That's my fear. See, the pandemic empowered, tin-horned, reprobate-minded, heathenistic governors that love power who want to be at the big people's table of the elites. They want to rub shoulders with the billionaire class that wants to rule the world. The World Economic Forum types. 
they look at this virus as the opportunity for the great reset, the fourth industrial revolution that they've been clamoring for for decades, and they can't they can't get there. But with this virus and fear and pandemic and governments clamping down, people living in fear, wanting to get their lives back, they're pulling it off. People are losing their jobs because they they won't take a vaccine. And there's no proof this vaccine is going to do any good in terms of spreading the virus because we now know we now know people get the virus now that are vaccinated and they also die. We're finding out these vaccines run out of steam. And so do we want to keep injecting spike proteins into our body to find out that maybe we can stop the virus a little longer? At what point is it going to cause autoimmune deficiencies and really start hurting people? Now, I'll pause right here to tell you there are some websites out there that people direct me to all the time saying, oh, you got to see what this guy has to say or look at this video. And there are some people that during this pandemic, I've been I've been watching some websites and they've been wrong. They made these wild predictions last year, early this year, and, and they keep trying to push it, you know, push it out a little farther as they try to keep their numbers and and they're selling all kinds of products, too, by the way. And so I I find some of these videos, when I first looked at them, I was hesitant. I didn't use any of them on this program. I wanted to kind of wait and see a little bit. I like to only do things on this program I feel at least reasonably comfortable with, that I have a high credibility factor. I don't want to say something. Man, I've seen a lot of stuff that if I put it on this radio program, it would have been a disaster. I was tempted to, but something would say, triple check this. A lot of misinformation, a lot of people putting up websites. There's a lot of good information out there. Our federal government and many state governments are single-minded in how they want to fight this pandemic. They want you to take a vaccine, period. Dr. Fauci, who said a vaccine couldn't be made in less than two or three years. Remember, he was a politician trying to get rid of Trump. He hated Trump. No doubt about it. He's a 40-some-odd-year government employee getting 400-and-some-odd. He's making more money than the president of the United States. He was the highest paid, still is the highest paid employee in the United States federal government. He's a little weasel, to be quite honest, and I hate to use that term, but he is. He has lied to Congress. He has worked around the law to break it or bend it. When gain-of-function research was forbidden in this country, he found a way to farm money through a NGO. That's a non-government organization, in this case, the EcoHealth Alliance. And a bat lady... Dr. Ralph Barrick of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and Peter Daszak of that EcoHealth Alliance continued their research that was technically illegal to be doing, but we're paying for it. And now, we said on this program last year, I knew it last year, I was certain about it because of the stuff that I was seeing privately in my work. The consensus was 
back in April of 2020, and by no later than May, that the lab leak theory was probably the most legitimate, though the official line was it didn't come out of a lab. Playing politics with China, you didn't want to get them too angry because they were still trying to get information about this virus. So you didn't want to, you know, stir the bees nest, so to speak. And so politically, you couldn't say on Facebook or anywhere that the virus came out of a lab in China. It may have come out of a, uh, you know, a wet market, a meat market, a live meat market somewhere in Wuhan. And it was some bat or some bat coronavirus that uh, jumped from bat species to human. And that's how all this mess started. That was the official line. And if you said otherwise on social media, they told you you were a liar, and then they would put up these false information things and everything else. We're losing our freedoms, people. We're going to be losing our religious freedoms very quickly. I don't need to look at the over-the-top weird stuff online. There's enough reality out there to convince me. We are living in a time where we no longer, at the federal level, justice is dead. Justice is no more. We in the United States now have political prisoners. We are, there's a party trying to force one party rule on this society, and they will do anything in their power to steal elections. Yes, I said it. They will willfully steal elections because, in their reprobate mind, they are better than you, and they feel entitled to be your ruler. You know, I remember. I remember something as we go to break here. Barack Obama said it when he first took over as president in 2009. And when I heard it, I was deeply disturbed. Maybe you forgot about it, but I have never forgotten this. Right before the inauguration, during his transition period, he made the statement, we'll be ready to rule on day one. Let me say that again. He said, we will be ready to rule on day one. The United States of America was founded on the principle we will never have a ruler. We will never have a king. We will never have a dictator. We will never have a despot in the White House or in the chair of the Speaker of the House or any of that. We will elect leaders from among us in a representative republic. But Barack Obama said it, said it out loud. We will be ready to rule on day one. If you believe in the ministry of truth to ponder, and when we come back in just a minute, we're going to get deeper into this loss of freedom and how we are going to, how we have to deal with it moving forward. And how to be prepared, because we're coming into uncharted territory. You can still use our Georgia address, even though we're heading out next week, toward the end of the week. Uh, You can still use it. And beginning tomorrow or Monday, I'm going to give you our new address to use for the next year. During the next year, it is obvious to me... Because of this radio program, 
because of what I'm going to be doing engineering-wise in terms of uh, shortwave radio and some other ministry things while we have the little window of opportunity before this all gets shut down. We want to build out as much as we can. So we have come up with an address, a very secure place where mail can go, and it will always catch up to where we are just a few days later. And I, it's, I know it means some of your letters may be a day or two late arriving. Um, if it doesn't say on the front, personal and confidential, uh, these people can actually open, scan, and send me your mail as an email if needed. I get to see the outside envelopes and choose which ones. And so it's something that we have to do, and it's just going to make life a lot easier. So our mailing address until next week, So if you're mailing anything between now and, let's say, Saturday, or you get it in the box Sunday for Monday, still use 21 Berkshire Lane, 21 Berkshire Lane, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, number 263 in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Beerman, the blessing of the receiver. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, Jacob and Esau, which one was blessed? Which one was blessed? Well, it was Jacob who got the blessing, but the blessing he got belonged to Esau. So which one was blessed? On one hand, Esau was blessed because he had a blessing, but he didn't receive it. You see, the thing is, only one person received it. So in God, are you blessed? If I asked you, are you living a blessed life? Well, if not, it's not because you're not blessed. If you're in God, if you're born again, the blessing is given. So you're blessed. All God's blessings come in Messiah, and Messiah is the gift. So if you're not if you're not blessed or you don't feel like you're blessed, it's not because you're not blessed. <laughs> it's because you're not receiving it. Because God is more than happy to give the blessing, and he gives it. So the only thing that separates the one who's blessed from the one who's not blessed is the one who is blessed, is the one who learned how to receive the blessing. That's how you got saved. God gave his blessing to everyone, but those who are blessed are the ones who receive the blessing. But not just once. We're to receive it continuously. You know, not just when you're saved. You see, the blessings of God come the same way, but you have to receive it. You know, you need every day to learn how to receive his blessings. He says his mercies are new every morning. That means you got something to receive every day of your life. Jacob went through a lot of work to receive that blessing. He took receiving the blessing real seriously. You need to do the same. Are you blessed? Of course you are. Have you received it? Well, start today. Your life is already blessed, my friend. So start living like it. As for the power of the gift. Now, the free gift for you. Here's a blessing, and you just need to receive it. Well, here's how. What if you discovered the place where the lost ark was? Or a newly revealed ancient discovery just as awesome. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's our free gift to you. And sapphires, daily spiritual vitamins, guaranteed to revitalize your walk. Or a free New Testament. How do you get these gifts free? Well, easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua. You dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them, to bless those who blessed you and reach the unreached peoples from every nation. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write 
write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, be blessed, my friend, because you are blessed. Receive it. Shalom Alechem in Messiah. Tikvatenu, our hope. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Can you believe this is the last day of the month of September? Where has this year, it, it's just flown by. It has literally flown by. Tomorrow begins the month of October. And later next week, we begin our journey to start coming back to Florida. And it's going to be, I will say this much, it's going to be an exciting time on on many levels. I know it's a very, very strange world we live in. But I still have confidence and hope in Jesus Christ and his word, his promises to his, his children. And I'm not going to worry as much as many others. I refuse to allow myself to get into the fear. A lot of people that claim the name of Christ are living in fear. And the Bible, as I mentioned last week, 365 times says, fear not. Yet some of these Christians with their, well, the look in their eye when they put on their their, their face mask thinking that's going to protect them from the virus. You know, Australia, I mentioned that at the beginning of the program today. And the question was asked back in 2019, before the pandemic, sometimes people's freedoms need to be restricted to keep Australia safe. And back then, 54% agreed, which is kind of a scary number to begin with. 31% disagreed, and 13%, well, they were kind of neutral. They didn't care one way or the other. Maybe they lived in the outback, I don't know. But come now to 2021, not long ago, how many people think Australia's freedoms need to be restricted to keep Australia safe? 70%. That's a scary number. 70% are willing to give up their freedom. And here's the problem. When you give up your freedom, you will never get it back. This is what nobody understands. Every freedom that the government has ever taken from you, have they ever given it back? Of course not. Only 20% disagree and 4% or maybe 9% don't care one way or the other. That's scary. 70% of the population of Australia will sacrifice their freedom. How many people in blue states will sacrifice their medical freedom and become a willing lab rat for a vaccine that I challenge not because of the politics, but because of the ones who made it and the ones that have been playing with viruses for years? Oh, by the way, I want to thank Jim Calhoun for filling in yesterday. And you'll be hearing from him again over the next couple of weeks with some of the things we've got going on. I'll be telling you more about it when we get to Florida. So in about a week, you'll start hearing some of the things we're working on that I think are very exciting. 
I really believe the satanic powers that are trying to repress us, destroy us, are getting the upper hand. And many good Christians that I know and love and respect, they think they're not going to have to worry about it. This is the great tribulation. Hey, I'm not going to be here. Well, you may be here. The early church, I keep reminding you, they were persecuted and hunted down. How many were thrown to lions? How many just killed for their faith? How many are being martyred right now in Afghanistan thanks to the bungling of this idiotic government here in the United States that is run by a bunch of seasoned leftists that are reprobate-minded? You say, Bob, you use that word reprobate a lot. Yeah, the Bible explains what it is, and they fit the definition perfectly. They worship the creation, not the creator God. They give him lip service. They celebrate sin and deny the idea of repentance. And you look at people like Nancy Pelosi, double-minded, double-tongued. Bible despises a double-minded and double-tongued man or woman. I'm a good Catholic and I'm, pro, I'm pro-life, I'm pro but I'm also pro-choice. You're one or the other. You can't have it both ways. And so our government keeps slipping into this abyss. We now have a government that those in charge on the federal level now in the House at the moment, in the Senate at the moment, in the White House for now, if they pull off what they want to pull off, it'll be single-party rule for decades, if not forever, until we become, shall we say, absorbed by the new world order that all these people and the reprobates are on board with. They love the idea. See, a lot of these politicians in Washington, they want to rub elbows with Jeff Bezos. They want to be good friends on good terms with Mark Zuckerberg over at Trillion Dollar Facebook. And the elitist of this world, at the, at the World Economic Forum, they want to control everything. The entire, you know, when I look at their website, I just shake my head and I'm realizing young people today in the United States think it's a great idea, the stuff that they're promoting. Yeah, let's not own anything. Let's rent everything. Rent where we live. Then we're not tied down. Rent our car. You know, you ever seen these TV commercials, if you watch TV, for like Carvana or things of that nature? Yeah, you just get online with your phone, choose a car, and they drop it off. I mean, you don't even test drive anymore. Oh, I just need a car, so I'm going to go buy one online or rent it. It's going to be lease. Your phone, lease your phone. Lease your appliances. There are even companies talking about renting your clothing and underwear. I'm serious. And many young people today think, wow, no laundry. I don't have to do this. And it just all comes to my door magically by by somebody in a truck. And all I have to do is surrender more of my identity, freedom, and privacy. 
How many of you use Gmail? I've got a pretty full <laughs> Gmail box. i got to figure out how to empty. I've had it for years. But, you know, several years ago, I made a decision. When I figured out probably close to maybe 10 years ago, it dawned on me, Google gives me this wonderful mail service for free. How are they making any money on my free email? They let me search the internet for free. I go there, you know, and we, we've made the word Google, you know, this is an operative verb. I'm going to Google this to find out something. Google, known as the Alphabet Corporation that owns YouTube and other stuff, they were very clever in how they built their business model in the 1990s. What started out as a small, little, happy company that'll do no harm. Just nice people, little nerds in a garage. That's what they, you know, that's the way they describe themselves. Another one of these mega trillion with a T dollar companies. And what did they do? What was their marketing plan? Because I never could understand why they were worth so much back in 2003 and 2004. Why they, yeah, now I know. They harvest data. They learn everything about you they can. When you search something on the internet, they know what you're searching for. And then they find advertisers to pop in to sell you something. When the Patriot Act came on board after 2001, this was a blessing for companies like Google. Because unlike AOL that was trying to use the pay us a couple of dollar a month model and make their money, or the Yahoo, just a million ads that you had to sort through to get to where you're going, and it was so frustrating for so many people, they just went to Google. Google went to that nice little white screen, little box, hello, mail, hello, here's your mail. None of this nonsense. It was just straightforward, two-to-point internet. And all the time, people were using their little free services. They were harvesting data. They've been reading your emails. Oh, yes, you've let them read your emails. I mean, it's being done by artificial intelligence. But they read your emails. Be careful what you write. And the other big client that Google has... In case you did not know, (laughs) government. Oh, yeah. Google Maps, Google Earth. You can look at it for free, but work for an emergency management organization, and you'll see that we're spending mega thousands of dollars per month with Google because they do all of our mapping. They know where all of our hazardous materials are. They know more about our counties than you think. And they sell you that information. The Patriot Act, federal government, they buy information from Google. Anything in those emails that kind of sound like, you know, a terroristic threat? Yeah. We want to know. You have no privacy with the tech tyrants that they're, they're the billionaire class right now. They are the billionaire class. And that billionaire class has decided they want 
all the good oysters of the world for themselves. They want all the gold. And they want you to serve them at their table. You must wear a mask. They won't. You watch. These tin horn dictator tyrant governors and people at the federal level demanding that you get your poison shot in the arm. Yeah, I call it that. They try to pretend that there are a lot of people that are getting very ill, sick, and dying of the vaccine. They try to pretend it's not happening. That new governor in New York, Kathy Hochul, said on Saturday, she decided that anybody that does not get the vaccine, who works in any of the fields like nursing homes, hospitals, and teachers in New York City and other places, if you don't have one dose of the vaccine by by this past Monday night, you can't even get unemployment because you're fired and you can't. I've made an executive order. I'm making the rules now because I am your leader. I'm your ruler now. I'm not your governor. I'm your ruler. This virus, the vaccine, all of it has been an effort to take more of your freedom away. You know, before I forget this and the program runs out shortly, we've been working on the website. Maybe you have seen the new site. Maybe you have not. I would invite you to look at it today. Got a few little tweaks I'm going to try to do when we get down to Florida. I I try to get it rushed uh, to have it at least functioning enough over the next several days. And that's truth2ponder.com. Truth, the number two ponder.com. You will notice, and people have already been finding it, there's now a prayer request tab. And the way I've got this set up, if you fill out that form on the prayer request tab, it comes directly to my private email account. Nobody else will see it. And I'm not going to share anything with anybody about your request. I may ask my wife and some dear friends to pray for somebody's need. I'm not going to let anybody know where anybody's from. The Lord knows who you are. Um, I know one lady wrote has a unique situation in raising her granddaughter. We'll just leave it at that. And our prayers are going with you over these days. We keep bringing it before God's throne of grace. Because, see, if we don't start acting like the church and praying and being the church, we're going to cease being a church. And I'm using the term church broadly as the body of Christ, not talking any particular denomination or anything. We're coming into a time of huge tribulation and turmoil. Whether it's the great tribulation, it wouldn't surprise me if it is. But I'm not counting on a get-out-of-tribulation-free pass. That card doesn't exist. I look at the scriptures. I look at what's happening in countries like Iran. They are so close to being able to have a nuclear weapon. It's scary. We have a world bent on total control of everybody and everything. I'm watching institutions in this country of the United States, and I know it's the same everywhere else. Australia, Canada, it's it's the same thing. We in the United States no longer have a true Department of Justice. It's a fraud. It's a fake. It's disgusting. 
political prisoners. Hey, if you were involved in riots and burned down buildings, destroyed cars, injured people, you're getting a free pass because black lives matter. But if you sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair, you're in jail. And you may stay there like a prison. You know, we may wait a year or two to have your trial. How many months or years is this reprobate Justice Department and phony court system going to continue? It even works its way down to the states. We have a legal system. The idea of a justice system, what our founding fathers had hoped for, died a long time ago in law schools. The only ones that make anything out of the law are lawyers and judges. They get, they get their paycheck. They get lots of money. We have the best justice money can buy, or I should say the best legal system. It's not justice. Look at what happened last year. Stolen election. Will justice be served? No, not if they, if they can have their way. No. And now that we have a reprobate in charge of the Justice Department and we have the FBI trying to you know, create problems, create crimes, they can't be trusted anymore. The things that I used to revere, the things that I thought this nation had, they're gone. They're dead. They're decaying and they're rotting right before your eyes. We're going to be judged as a nation. I see the church having to, depending on how they play this virus, many churches that closed are not coming back. The woke churches, I hope they close down because they're doing nothing but but bringing people into hell. That's all they're doing. The woke churches are just the church of the hell bound. And they're proud of it. They're proud of their debauchery. They're proud of their sin. They celebrate it. They celebrate it at their altar. They celebrate sin at their altars. Even many of these so-called, you know, churches that believe in abortion. They might as well sacrifice babies on their altar for what they are. They'll be judged by God harshly. And that day is coming sooner than later. Tomorrow begins a new month. Tomorrow's program is always a program of hope on the weekends. Hope you'll join us. If you believe in this ministry, there were so many things I wanted to add. I just didn't have time today. I just wanted to share with you from my heart what's going on in this world. If you believe in what we're doing, visit the website. You can support us from there. We're going to try to find a different processor for online giving that is more Christian-oriented. And, you know, if you're mailing something before Monday, you can still use the 21 Berkshire address. 21 Berkshire, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth. The number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.